0: All right, guys, welcome back to my podcast. I have an incredible world-changing guest with me today, influencer, author, and motivational speaker, Dr. Billy Allsbrooks. What's up, Dr. Billy?
1: Man, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for having me on, man.
0: I appreciate you, dude. It's, uh, you know, you're part, you're part of every single one of my days and even the people that, that work with me when we're working we're listening to you know we're listening to you i got a 12 month 12 month old you know baby boy you know even him we're, i'm sitting there like speaking to him I'm like all right champion like i know i know you're in there i know that you know that spirits in there i said that's right you know, right right a boy you're a fighter a champion you know like speaking it over to us so it's like it's just incredible just to be able to have you on today um and, you know and get you
1: know get more into your life man i appreciate it bro man god is good man he he brought us through the struggle, man. Got to See, I started at the bottom. Now we're here, right?
0: Now we're here, man. In the future is the limit. So, dude, I'm gonna start us off with three icebreaker questions just to get to know okay. a little bit more. All right, first one's kind of funny, but if you were a professional wrestler, what would your stage name be?
1: I don't know, man. I have to go with me now, man. Like you know, for years I I used the alias with you know when I was in the rap game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and somewhere along the way, I just I just at the very end of my career, I was like, man, I just got to be me, man. You know what I mean? I just got to be the real me. You know, the, the most powerful I can be is when I'm in the center of who God made me to be. So I just run with my real name just like I'm doing now, man. So.
0: It's the truth, man. I do. I looked you up on Wikipedia, and so I was looking up Dr. Billy Allsbrooks, and it said Dr. Billy Allsbrooks, better known as White Dog. And I'm like, no, 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 not better known now.
1: Nah, nah, not nah, nah,
0: nah, nah, not Not now. It's kind of like, it's like Paul, man, that pretty name change.
1: Right, right. That's real.
0: That's real. All right. Second question: If they were to make a movie about your life, what actor would play your character?
1: Good question, man. You 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 stumping me over here. Uh, um, I'll tell you. I'll tell you
0: who I would pick. And this may not be the who truth. Would who would you pick? Um, I would go with a young. Uh, oh my gosh, he was married to Angelina Jolie. Uh, Brad
1: Pitt. Yeah, I'm young Brad, Brad <laughs> young Brad Pitt. <laughs> we could go with that, man. We could with maybe um uh, Matt Damon too. I've Always been a Matt Damon fan. Man. He always captured uh you know, the the truth in his acting, man, I always was a fan of him, so, so. That's it, man.
0: All right, last question. If you could only have one, would you rather pause where you're at right now and just and stick with it, or would you rewind and re-strategize?
1: Man, right now, I'm in a great great space right now, man. Like, there, you know, there's some things in the past that, of course, that you know, I wish I could redo and, and revamp, but I also believe that um, there were lessons learned in those times, and, and I'm coming, into the blooming season from all the learning and all the mistakes and all the the wrong turns. Now I'm starting to, you know, bear fruit in, in the knowledge and understanding of those mistakes, man. And to be honest, I feel like I'm in a really good space right now, and I'm really on fire on inside creating. And uh, there's there's probably not a better place that I'd rather be right now than right here, you know.
0: Dude, I love it. I love it. You know, so I was listening to, uh, you know, especially about you. Do you feel like, cause I mean, in my life, some of the things that I thought were used against me were actually my Mm -hmm. greatest propellants, right? When people were uh, coming at me or stealing from my business at the time, it hurt so bad, but it actually became so much better for me, you know, down the, down the road. And it's not like I just like, well, I became better, but it actually put me in a situation that was much, Mm -hmm. that was much better. So you feel like that's, that's been in your life.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That, you know, If you really look back at my history, the the turning point of my life was the panic attacks, man. I don't know um, how much your listeners know about me, but I had a seven-year all-out inner war going on with panic attacks and PTSD. Um, My father had died in front of me uh, unexpectedly, and the trauma from that, man, I I went to war with that for seven years, man. It literally just robbed (laughs) Every single thing that I had built for 17 years in the music business as an artist, um, producer, and on air personality, it just ripped everything away from me in those seven years. And it was the worst um, time of my life, the darkest time of my life. But it also was the greatest preparation in my life, the greatest turning point of my life, the greatest victory of my life, and, and the point that really connected me back to God and got me on this journey that I'm doing today. It's, it's kind of like I would never want to go back and experience that again, but at the same time, I wouldn't be here today talking to you had I not went through the struggle. So, you know, I talk about it a lot of times on the the videos now, gorgeous is the struggle. We Mm. don't see it at the time, man. We don't see it at the time, but later on, man, we look back and we say, wow, you know, God had a plan, man. What the devil meant for all God made good. We just have to trust him during those dark moments, man. And and that's really where I learned and found myself, man, was in the dark, man. When I got everything ripped away and was just one-on-one just, just me and God, there was nothing left, man. That's when I truly found myself, man. That's where the treasure hunt started. And, and uh, God found me in that moment and showed me who I was, man, and, and put me on this journey today. So sometimes the what we see is the tragedy. What we see is the trauma is the blessing. It just doesn't look like it, cause it's wrapped up in a funky little box. It's not the, you know, the prettiest box under the tree, so nobody goes for it, man. But the blessing, the treasure's hidden in that, in that dirt, and the ugliness, man, is the beauty, man. So, um, my darkest time, you know, going through that war, man, is what made me today. I would not be doing this today had I did not went through
0: that struggle. You know, a lot of people ask, like, if you could go back to that person and tell them something what would you Mm -hmm. say? And for me, like I go back and I look like I couldn't have told that me something I had to go, I had to go through the pain and I had to go through that to be ready to hear because like people were telling me the Bible was always there. Like, you know, all that knowledge, everything that Mm -hmm. I should have been doing was always there, but I wasn't ready to, I wasn't ready to hear, you know, hear like pain is the greatest mentor. But do you feel like those people who are in the, the desperation, you know, in that, you know, they've got the panic attacks like you were Mm -hmm. what's what's the solution there's not gonna be a cure-all but what's that solution to come out of that
1: it's it's the framing man you know the way you frame the circumstances see I was um kept in bondage for so long because I had ineffective and improper self-defeating mental framing of the situation you know um the desperation that I was in was actually the invitation to invite God into my life man so I was in even though it looked on the outside like I was in the darkest um you know, time. And on the inside, it felt awful, man. I was at the best place I could be, man. Because when, when everything else is ripped away and you realize that nothing else is going to work but God, that is the strongest place that you could ever be in your life is in that moment right there. And I found that place. You know what I'm saying? And I tell people today, the greater the struggle that you're going through, the greater the destiny you have. Otherwise, the enemy wouldn't be attacking you so hard. So mm. like, I, I didn't see it that way. in, in you know, in in, in the, then the fog and the cloud and the dark, I didn't see it that way at the time. But looking back, man, the reason the war was so great because the enemy knew what I was about to do, what God was about to put me, um, you know, put me on the on the field and set me loose. You know what I mean? And the enemy knew that. So he knew the only shot he had was to get me in that moment of, of Christ. And if he didn't get me there, man, there was no stopping. And, and, and um, by turning that thing over to God, God delivered me from him. And he'll deliver anyone. Bro, that, that that comes to him with a sincere heart, man, and turns it over, man. He can he can move in your life an unimaginable and miraculous ways, man. We just have to trust them all the way along, you know, the dark, man. We have to be able to traverse the dark when we can't see anything, when things don't look like they're getting any better. Like that seven years, every single day I got up, it did not look like anything was getting better. I was mm. praying from the moment I woke up to the moment I, you know, went to sleep because it was bad. I felt like I was dying every second of the day. I mean, I went to the hospital 12 times in nine months thinking, I was dying. I said my last words to my wife over 30-something times, but i thinking, Dang. you know, it's over. So, like, I was living in this, you know, literally living in hell in my mind, and every single day i pray, and I didn't see anything on the outside of the inside getting better. You know, and that's okay for, you know, a month, two months, three months, six months, yeah. year. But, man, when you start getting into that second year, that third year, that fourth year, that mm. fifth year, you think, man, this is the way my life is going to be. It's never going to change. You know, but God is faithful. God hears you know, here's the tears and here's the cries and the prayers that we send up, man. He does what he does, man. He moves in, in, in miraculous ways, man. And I just can't give him enough praise and glory because I remember where I was at. Man, it was such a dark spot. And maybe somebody on the other end of this message right here is going through that. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you're going through exactly what, um, you know, I went through the darkness or you got your own thing, whatever it is, and, and you're having a hard time getting your, your footing and believing, but just trust God. Through this dark time, and He will reward you for that trust. He will bring you out of. It. Mm. Greater it was He that is in us, then He that is in the world, man. So just believe.
0: No, dude, that's the that's the truth. And you know, I was, you know, you're saying like every day didn't look different, and I look in mm. my life, dude. Like every single day doesn't seem that different, but when you look back, mm-hmm. dude, it's all it's all it's all different. it's completely changed. You know, like right, I look right. I look from yesterday, that's not that different, right? But I look back two or three years ago, I'm like, man, it's completely different. Dude, I look at it right. like it's, I look at it like simple, right? It's like a uh, you know those sticky notes, those post-it notes. You take one of those post-it notes off of it by itself, there's no weight or nothing to it, right? But you mm-hmm. add a bunch of those on, you consistent days, and you can really build something um, incredible. So do with, with the Internet, because you are I mean there's, I've only seen maybe one other person out there that's that's like, you know uh, around your caliber, which is Eric Thomas. You know, uh, great guy. You know, there you didn't have a uh, Billy Allsbrooks that you could continuously feed yourself with. With the internet, you—I know, feel like I feel like we're in a new we're in a new era because everything can be so much faster. Things that took ten wow. years before only takes one year now. So, do you feel like? I mean, because I do, right? Be, with the content and the things that you have, because if you keep putting that truth in you, things are going to change a lot faster than they did Amen. even for you back in that seven years. So that might've taken you seven years because you didn't have the access to everything that somebody does now.
1: Right. Yeah, I had to go through the struggle, man. The, the years, you know, to me seemed forever, but um, I spent exactly the perfect amount of days in that season that I needed to 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 spend for God to do what he needed to do. Mm. You know, it, it didn't seem like that at the time, but looking back, man, I, I was right where I needed to be. He was molding and shaping me. And, you know, if you're going to build a, you know, a skyscraper, man, you have to dig the foundation really, really deep. You know, if you if you just want a one or two story house, you don't have to build that deep. But if you want to do something big and you want to do a massive change and create, you know, impact in the world and you want to do something grand, the foundation must be deep, you mm-hmm. know, in order to sustain the thing that you're about to build. And God for seven years dug that foundation. And I didn't, I didn't, you know, particularly agree with his, yeah, his way of doing his, it. His at that timing, time, yeah. Yeah, and his timing and all that, like, it doesn't make sense, it, you know, it, it seems like, you know, just being uh, in, in a total state of chaos, man, but um, it was perfection, you know, and I say it over and over, man, gorgeous is the struggle, man. Gorgeous is a struggle.
0: All right, tell me what the vision now, I, I you know, I keep hearing over, you know, one, one billion lives one billion. To, to impact. And so I started doing some math, right? So I'm mm-hmm. doing. I'm doing some math now. Is that one billion lives that you want to impact over, uh, you know, over the course of, you know, kind of your your yeah. lifetime? My
1: lifetime.
0: Yeah. Uh, so so I'm 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 dividing right. Mm-hmm. Over ten years. So ten years. That's two hundred and seventy three thousand people a day. Yeah, we up. twenty years. One hundred thirty six thousand. I mean, like, but it's God doable is now well, with see, the right, internet.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like right now. I don't know if you can see it on on um, the wall here. But I've already reached thirty million views. Mm. Like between all the all the channels that um are playing my material right now, between mine and you know other motivational channels that um I've got on the material and blasting it out, man. So um it is it is feasible. I mean like in see I come from the music world. So one billion, there's artists all day to hit one billion yeah. views, one billion streams or whatever. Um and some of them have multiple. You know, you look at the next level artists, Some of them have multiple, one billion, you know, type of just on one song. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, okay. Um, and some of these people are secular without God doing that. So I'm like, how much more could God do if God is involved in it? Right? Exactly. So I'm now. So I'm like, I'm I'm just letting him do his thing, man. You know. Um, I had set the goal originally a little small. You know, I didn't really include God in the equation. It's like on my own ability. And God made it clear, like, look, you need to invite me in this situation. You know, in in order to do that, you're going to have to dream beyond what you know you can do on your own ability, invite me in in that space that you can't do and let me do my thing. So, you know, we we take the limits off of God because sometimes we put them in a box and think we can, you know, because somebody's only done this much that we've seen, therefore we think that's the limit when that's not the limit at all. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We take the ceiling off and say, okay, God, where's the limit? Man, you do your thing. I'm going to show up every single day. I'm going to give everything I got. And I know I have limits, but with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. Right. And the difference between this and, you know, music and um, when I was doing back in the day and what I'm doing now is I was doing that on my own strength and not really including God in the equation. And now it's like, no, I know I can't do anything. The seven years that I went through the war made it clear that I can't do nothing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like on a masculine, I can't do anything. So I need God to do anything I do. So that seven years made that clear to me. So now I'm like, okay, God can do the one billion. I, Billy Alves brooks can't do one big. You know what I mean? The numbers is not going to get there. But yeah. with God, one billion is nothing. Dude, that, not so that, that's what
0: I was saying. God was saying more than one billion. I'm saying like, you're saying in a lifetime, I think you're going to reach that a lot, lot faster. With, hey, the way, wait, with, the I, way, with the way that you're going, I'm saying like, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a good number, but like that's a, for, for me, with the weight that you're going and the lives that you're impacting, uh, dude, I think that's going to be a, a lot quicker of a goal. That's what I was asking. It's like, you're it, yeah. going to hit it a lot faster than even, you know. Well, you there's
1: a, there's several things that could happen, too, that, you know, world um, impacting things that could could speed this up, too, man. I believe um, God eventually is going to open up China with YouTube. And, mm. you know, there's billion people in China that's Come untouched on, by this, bro. So, like, as soon as that door is open, bro, like, everything will accelerate even a faster speed than it is. Now, it's really fast now, but wait until they open China up, man. We're coming for all of that. You know, God is yeah. just waiting to put His flag down over there. You know what I mean?
0: And None I believe it, that
1: he, He's yeah, I believe He's pulling strings and, and, and facilitating um different events in order to make that happen. Man. And we just got to be ready when it happens.
0: I love it. Question is, take me through a day. What's a, what's a day like for Billy Osbrook
1: Well, right now, man, I'm on a different different schedule, obviously, man. Usually, um, at back this point, back, I might be back like, be before back before quarantine. Yeah, back before quarantine, I you know, I started a tour. I've been a couple of months out on the tour. So about 12 to 14 days a week, I'm on the road, you know, different cities, man, doing this um, speaking tour. Um, so I would pretty much be in a hotel during that time. I would, you know, get up um, and do my routine. I have certain things I anchor during the day. Uh, for one, first thing in the morning, I read a, a one chapter of Proverbs every single day that's the wisdom you know solomon is the the king of wisdom in the mm-hmm. bible the wisest man to ever live so every one i sit down and read one of his his um chapters there and just sit with you know his wisdom under god and 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 have him guide me and and leadership and what i'm doing and i believe that played a big role in him putting me in this position today because i've been doing it for over 10 years now every single morning never missing read one chapter of Proverbs. there's 31 chapters um, so it's like you read it through a whole month and you start back over. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's so much in there. I mean, like I've read it so many times, but every single time I read it, I get another um piece out of it, another understanding out of more revelation out of it. So I always start with um Proverbs. I always try to pour in when I'm in the shower, things like that, getting dressed, I'm always trying to pour positivity in, uh, motivation in, inspiration, something that, you know, to stir the soul right from the beginning of the day. Um Usually I eat out almost every single meal, man. I, I like to go out and be um, around people in an environment, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm creating and I need to connect with people. So I need to see what's going on. I just need to, you know, have that uh, awareness. So I usually go out um, to lunch and during that lunch time, I make it my, my study time. You know, I'm usually there an hour and a half at a restaurant. I do my reading. I do my notebook planning for the day, my top objectives, my top outcomes, the things that, um, you know, on the task list, what's most important um working out every single day up until this point when they shut all the gyms down but um usually every single day I was getting it in you know and then um every single week I release a YouTube message that's like you know the 80 20 rule the one mm-hmm. thing I got to do every single week is I got to get in front of that mic I got to get this you know pencil in my hand and I got to write so those things are like non negotiable but that side is more right brain it's more spirit fed and more um uh, the right side, creative side, and I can't necessarily put a time on that. Like, I can't say, Okay, at Tuesday at eight o'clock, I'm finna, you know, start uh, working yeah. on a message or write poetry. It has to come when it comes. It always comes. God always feeds me, and I always have to, um, you know, be alert for when He's giving me a message, but it's never usually like a set time. Like, on Tuesday, I get it at eight o'clock. It can happen any time during the week, but every single week, I have to make sure that I get you know, the the top outcome, you know, done, which is that, and make sure I get those messages out, man, so, um, and then at nighttime, man, I always do a prayer walk every single night, man, I spend an hour, I go out around my neighborhood, or if I'm on the road, I go around, whatever it is, I go outside, just get alone, and spend that one hour alone, just me and the maker, because, you know, when I was going through the seven-year struggle, um, that's where I picked up that habit, because I got to the point where there was nothing else working. I'd been to, you know, six, seven therapists for panic attack. It just wasn't working. They gave me medication. It wasn't working. I'd been to uh, programs, recovery scenes, grief share, you name it. I went to everything, church, men's group, everything. Nothing was working. So when I started having these panic attacks, um, I picked up this habit. I'd start just going outside and walking this mile-long square block that I lived on. Right. And I just go out there and start talking to God. And when, when I first went out there, it was out of desperation. I'm out there yelling at him. I'm like, you know, why you why you put this on me? And the next minute I'm crying, you know, poor me, poor me. Yeah. Next minute, I'm just numb, like whatever. I'm going through all these emotions or whatever. Um, but out there, I found him out there. He started to move on my life out there. He started to come in and, and, and put me back together. So I honor that today. Even though I'm healed now, I didn't stop doing that thing that that brought me out of the struggle. I still honor him every single mm. day and make sure I go out there and say, okay, let me not get ahead of you. Because sometimes when we're doing big things like this, man, you know, it's real easy to get ahead of God. To think when something, you know, I, I always have to slow myself down because things will come to me and I'll instantly in my earthly flesh think, okay, I'm going to do something good for that person. I'm going I'm to jump and do it. And I, I don't consult God about it. And so, you know, here lately, a couple of times I've done that, thinking I was doing the right thing, thinking I was helping somebody, like, oh, I got to, you know, do what God wants me to do. God brought this to my, you know, uh, you know attention. But really, I didn't stop and say, okay, God, you brought this, or somebody brought this. Let me make sure this is for you, do, and what do you want me to do, and stop and consult him like that. You know, I I just, you know, took it on my, my flesh, thinking I was doing something good, and I, you know, jump a little early. So those night walks that I have, they kind of keep me grounded, and keep me rooted in the word, keep me rooted with my father to make sure that I made the right decisions. Mm. The greater he lifts us up and in, in influence, the greater promotions and the greater, you know, you know, stages that he puts us on, the more we're gonna need him, the more we're gonna need to be plugged into him to make sure we ain't speaking, that we letting yep. him speak. You that, know, cause if we, if we get up there and try to do it on our own is where we, we get ourselves in trouble.
0: We mess know? it up, dude. No, that, that's, and that's, right. that, that's where the, you know, you see my hat, ego list. Ego less, you know, that's, that's the, you know, the new brand that I'm putting out there. I don't sell it or anything like that. I just give it to hats because that's really what we have to do is we, you know, we have to take our, our ego and ourself outside of it because it get, you know, because we, we will, we will mess that up, you know, in ourselves limit now, I mean, off topic, but do you feel like that's why some of the great ministers have fallen is because they were doing such big things and kind of got caught up in that? And weren't able to take That's, themselves out of the equation.
1: I think that that was the number one thing I took out of ministry school. I went to, to ministry college.
0: Where'd you go and to? Co- one, you go? I went to Raymond Bible college. Where'd you go?
1: Faith Christian here in Christ. Orlando. Okay. Yeah. Faith Christian University. And um, it was one yeah. of the last, last classes I took, but, but the, uh, the teacher told us you know about this famous um, pastor that was asked to do his first you know, preaching his first, first lesson in front of, you know, a big crowd or whatever. And he was just nervous, you know, never, never got up there in this kind of, you know, environment around this many people. So he knew he couldn't do it, right? Cause he knew like, I'm just a beginner and never even done this. And I've got this big event to do. Um, so he went to God and he was like, I can't do this. You know, I need you to help me give this message. I'm I'm unqualified for this. And, you know, God honored him for reaching and being humble, right? And God blessed him. And when he got up there on the stage and got up there in front of the mic and began to give his message, man, the fire lit up in him, and the whole place went crazy, right? Mm. Now, as soon as he got done, he got off that stage and hit the first step coming down. You know, the congregation was coming up to him, and they began to tell him how great he was. Like, that's the greatest message I ever heard. (laughs) That's the greatest message I ever heard. And he said, you know what that was? That was good. good. Right. He thought it was him, and that was the downfall because he had been overcome there with the pride and the ego and forgot the one that had spoke and thought it was actually him that was speaking. Mm. And that's where we get ourselves in trouble. So I remember that lesson. uh, It stuck with me. That's why every single message that you hear me put out on YouTube at the very end of that thing, I say, do God be the glory because I don't ever want to forget who's speaking. When I rapped, I didn't do that. That was me and I messed everything up. This time, i gonna make sure that one thing don't happen. I'm going to make sure that I give credit what credit is due and to keep me rooted in the one who, who made this thing happen.
0: No, that's, I mean, dude, I, I went through that. So I was, I was homeless, right, at, at 20 years old, living in, living in my car, cleaning Planet Fitness. I, I was able to sleep and, you know, shower there because I cleaned Planet Fitness from 10 o'clock to 5 o'clock in the morning. Went to Bible college from, it was like 9 to nine to 2 in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And uh, homeless, you know, so I started reading Think and Grow Rich. I was yeah. like, all right, oh, I can yeah. change yeah, first business hauling people's trash from the house to the curb. Well, five years of grinding, right? I've gone from that to flipping houses to uh, outdoor living, then to, to roofing. By 25 years old, I've become a self-made millionaire, and that was my only goal.
1: Amen. Right? Amen. So,
0: but I got prideful because in me, I did it. You know what I mean? So I was always, mm-hmm. you know, then I started seeking more for, because I was like, man, the money's not going to make me happy. So I started seeking Mm -hmm. fulfillment partying and drinking and all that stuff and being prideful, ended up, ended up losing it all. Almost, almost Mm. ended up taking my life. Right. Mm. So fast forward, lost everything and made it all back three times more. Right. So I'm on the, I've made it all, I've made it all back and we've got some big things going, but now it's, for me, it's just like, it's almost like a cautious thing. It's like, Hey, it's, it's not me because, I knew what happened when I was the one controlling it. You know what I mean? Like, I, right. I remember right. those times and so now it's like, no, it's not me, uh, but God. You know what I mean?
1: Amen, amen, amen. But I'm I'm with you because the times that I've struggled, the most of the times that I make those mistakes. um, And this season has been when I hadn't consulted God first, man. When I you know, try to do it on my own, man, sometimes we do that. We just get in a hurry, get impatient, or, you know, we just think, oh, it looks perfect. It must be from God and just run. Yeah. instead of humbling and saying, "Hold on a second, let me consult you," um, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him. That's right. He shall direct that path, bro. So we got to make sure we do that. That's the one thing, um, you know, that will keep us on the on on the right path and also make us useful. You mm. know, because God will use anybody that will stay humble and give Him credit when He moves through their life. He will use anyone. So all we have to do is stay humble and console him, man. And he can do miraculous things through us, man.
0: No, that's a, that's a true dude. I believe. So one of the biggest things I believe is that the way that you do anything is the way that you do everything. Right. So those, right. Same, those same principles that you were talking about before, you know, you waking up proverbs, you know, doing this, you mm-hmm. know, uh, all those, all those steps, no matter, I feel like those are steps that, you know, listeners can take because it doesn't matter if they're an artist, doesn't matter if they're an engineer, you know, whatever those things are still necessary to win at whatever they're whatever they're doing.
1: We gotta be students, man, or whatever it is that God's got us doing, whatever the calling is, we gotta study, man. We gotta read. We gotta prep. And um, you know, that's one thing that I've I've really dedicated myself to is doing a lot of reading, making sure every single day is 30 minutes hour, every single day non-negotiable. Um, you know, the word first and then, you know, reading uh the biographies of great men, self help books, psychology theory. Um, philosophy, history, you name it. Like, I, I try to immerse myself in a broad, vast um, of knowledge so that when I get out of here to help people, man, I have something to draw from, some ammo to use to help. Um, so that that's critical to anybody that God is going to you know, put in a position of influence or power. You got to be ready when you get there. You yeah. know what I mean? And um, just letting God do His thing, you know. We have to play our part, but then we turn it over and let Him do His thing. But we still got to do our part.
0: So talk to me about, you know. So right now, it's all about it's all about legacy. I was just listening to one right. uh, one minister. He's you know he's he's getting up there in age. He said, even after I die, people are still going to be getting my books. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't look at for me personally. I don't look at time as like I'm getting older. I'm you know whatever because we were never created to die, right? We're we're eternal beings, so I don't even look at myself like, I might be, I'm 28 now, but as I get older, I don't feel like I'm really getting older because I've got an eternity mindset and and legacy, right? So I'm not just storing up my treasures here, but I'm storing up in heaven. So talk to me about what that legacy right now for you is, you know, that you're creating.
1: Well, it it started with me right after my father died. The second day um, after he died, I went to the funeral home. Is where everything God began to move on me. Cause up until this point, when my father had died, was my old life. That was, you know, in the music game, thug life. You know, chasing the wild women, the money, the fame, the accolades, the cars, the house, What the everybody culture, wants. All, yeah. What what they tell us.
0: What they tell yeah. What, what they the tell. World tell
1: us. Yeah. What the world tells us success or whatever. That's what I was chasing. You know what I'm saying? And um, when my father, you know, passed away, that was the point, the turning point, where God came in to my life and began to work on me and prepare me. Um, for what I'm doing today, and the second day after he had passed away, I went to the funeral home, and uh, my grandmother had bought plots, um, four plots, uh, one for my grand grandfather who had already passed away, uh, one for her, one for him, and one for me. So I get over the, to the uh, funeral home, and he's like, uh, "Let's let's go out to the gravesite where you know where your dad's gonna be buried. I want to show you that." So we go out there, and he's like, okay, there's your grandfather. He's there. This is where your grandmother's going to lay because she was still alive. This is where your father's going to lay, and here's where you're going to lay. Now, that last sentence, here's where you're going to lay, kind of shook me because two days before I saw my father die right in front of my eyes, I saw the last 10 minutes, I saw the last breath, I saw the struggle, I saw the darkness, I saw the transition. So when he said, here's where you're going to lay, I knew what he meant. Hmm. So I was like, mm, it stuck with me, man. And we went inside the funeral home, and he asked me the second question. This began the transition. Uh, what What do you want to put on your dad's headstone? What do you want to put in your dad's obituary? Now, this is something I hadn't talked to my father about because he had always been in good health from what I knew. On the outside, he he was 63 but looked 53. Yeah. Didn't have any health issues. Wasn't going to the hospital, not sick, anything. He just had a a stroke, and um, 12 days later had that blood clot that, that, that took him. So like, I didn't have any time to prepare or ask him what he wanted on these kind of things. So he's asking me like, what do you want on the headstone? And I was like, I really don't know what, you know, what what would he want? What would he want in his obituary and things like this. But my mind was still out there at that gravesite. site. Here's where you will to lay. Like, that's all I could think about. And then I put two and two together. I'm like, okay, if I'm going to lay out there, then a funeral director's going to be asking, what do you want on Billy's headstone? What do you want in, those, in his obituary? And I started thinking about it, I was like, if I died right now, what would they put on the headstone? What would they put in this obituary? Here lies a man that ran over anybody that got in his way just so he could get to the top in the music, you know, the music business that didn't care about nobody, didn't help nobody, served himself, you know, made it rain in the strip club. Like, like (laughs) what kind of legacy is that, right? Like, literally, that's what I was saying. I was like, man, I was like, I wouldn't really want anybody to read that. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And then two days later after that, the third part of the equation, man, um, they had my father laid out at the wake, right? And this is where everybody comes up and says something about him, um, about how he affected that life. And, um, growing up, my father was an alcoholic. He struggled really, really bad for like seven or eight years and just could not beat it. He tried everything with the recovery centers, um, lockdown, you name it. He went to everything you could do to try to get over this addiction of alcohol. It ran, in, you know, on his side of the family. And, um, He did not stop, he could not stop. In my senior year, my mother filed the paperwork, divorce paperwork for him. And from that day forward, the day he got the paperwork, divorce, he never drank again. He had a strong wine now. He had to get his family back, had to get his son back. And he stopped from that single day. We tried everything. But the day he got that paperwork, that was the last time he drank. It's all different. Yeah, the last 15 years of his life, he didn't drink. And what he did, he got sober, and then he went out and started helping other people get off of what he had struggled with, too, and bringing them home, bringing them out of that, you know, helping people out of the struggle. So I'm at this um, wake, and I'm hearing all these stories that I had no clue about because he never bragged about it, never mentioned it. It was all anonymous kind of um, type of mindset. And he's laid out, and people were coming up, and like, oh, you know, your dad came and got me when I was on the side of the road drunk at 2.30 in the morning when no one would come get me, and I was about to go to jail. Your daddy came out in the middle of the night and came and got me. Right. Another one said, you know, your daddy bailed me out of jail four in the morning when all my family gave up on me. Minister wouldn't even come get me. Everybody giving up. But your dad didn't give up. And now I'm sober. I've been sober for six years. Another one said, you know, me and my wife were at the divorce table about to sign the paperwork. And your daddy said, don't do it. And we still together 10 years later. Right. So like I was hearing all these stories and what was throwing me back was the people that were talking weren't mentioning any of the things that I had been chasing in life. Nobody said, oh, your daddy had nice rims, you know what I mean? Nobody said, boy, your daddy so could make it rain, you know what I'm saying? Like, boy, did you see the size of your daddy's watch or his chain? Like, that stuff, nobody was talking about that, man. So, like, I realized, I was like, hold on, man, I got this all wrong, you know what I mean? My my whole mindset, my goals, my objectives, and the things I'm chasing, man, are all wrong here. Nobody's mentioning that. The only thing they're mentioning is, you know, the only value is what you sow into somebody else that's the real net worth and that's what i learned and i'm like okay hold on bro like i'm not against money but like i just had it in the wrong place like mm-hmm. i had people way down here somewhere and i had me and money way up here now you know god's not against money or us owning things but he is against those th- us own you know the things that we own he's not yeah. against that but he's against those things owning us you know what i'm saying and yeah, i had to I, I had to switch the order of that i had to put people first you know, the real network then yep. me down here. You know what I'm saying? And once I made that switch, then it made sense, man. But up until that point in my life, I did not grasp that, and I learned it the hard way. You know, so the only only network we have is what we sell into those around us. So that's where the legacy come in. It's like, okay, you know, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you every day when I get up? It's like, what do you want on the headstone, Billy? What do you want in that obituary, Billy? And make sure that every single day that I'm getting up, I'm working and building toward that ending that I want to have and the thing is most people never sit down and ask that question my dad never asked that question he didn't sit down and say okay you know how do I want this thing to end you know I, I read this article about this famous um author who just put out these best-selling books every one he released was a bestseller. so they sat down with him did in an interview and they said what is your secret how how do you do this like how every every book you write just hits like what is your writing process and he said well the first thing I do is I sit down and I write the last chapter first This way, I always know during the story where I'm going to end up. So I was like, oh, that's that's the lesson right there. We got to write the last chapter of our life first. That way, everything else will come in a line that. You know, so I started like, okay, I want to impact life. man. I want my life to mean something. I want to leave this world better than I found it. Not just be about me. I don't want it to be shallow. I want to be alive and I want to make a difference. Now, start with that in mind, then figure out later on, we could figure out how to, you know, generate revenue and things like that to live and all that, you know, the, the realities of life, but at least start with the outcomes that you want to accomplish at the end, man, and work yourself back, reverse engineer it back to where you are now, you know? And at times that I was doing that, like there when, when my father passed away, I wasn't doing any of this, like what I'm doing today. I wasn't doing any of this, but the question had been introduced into my environment. Yep. You know, how do you want this thing to end? What do you want your legacy to be? You know, what do you want them to say about you, Billy? What do you want, on, do you want in that obituary? Those things just kept churning. So my spirit, my soul, and my mind began to work on those things. And I asked God every single day, what is my calling? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do in that seven years? And it seemed like he was never answering. It seemed like he just wasn't paying attention to me asking that question. Yeah. But it already been set in motion. You know, he had already answered that. I just didn't understand it. But, but um, start with the end of mine. anybody that's out there that's listening listening right now, start with the end because we could do everything right now, but if we get that ending wrong, it's it's all it's all for nothing. It's like, not I, I how could, you start; it's a, how you finish. Yeah, I mean, I could be number one in the rap game like I was, but if I got the ending wrong, what does it matter? So, you, know you know what I'm saying? So like,
0: I was gonna say, dude, what hit me hard is uh, Juice World. Mm. You know, Juice yeah, world?
1: Exactly. You yeah, know yeah. just
0: just watch him young. He's like, he talk, he's rapping about that stuff. He's got the whole mm. world and then he's gone, you know? Yeah, and I, yeah. I, feel like, I feel like, just like you're talking about, like, you know, you, you had what every, you know, the world was telling you what you should have is, I mm-hmm. feel like right now we're in such a, a time, right? We're, we're keeping people entertained just enough so they don't want to break out of where they're at. You know, they got enough mm-hmm. music, they got enough Netflix, they got enough drugs, they got mm-hmm. enough alcohol to where they're stuck. In are you know, stuff, kind of you know, at this point to where they don't have to go or do anything because they're not satisfied, just like cause you were talking about, right? When you had all that stuff, there was an empty, an empty hole, mm-hmm.
1: right? Yeah, there was a distraction. And the crazy thing you mentioned, Juice World, man. Um, you know, after seeing my, my father struggle with the addiction the way he did when I was young, I made that vow. I'm like, I'm gonna break this cycle because all my uncles were, you know, alcoholics, my grandfather was alcoholic. And I'm like, I'm going to break the cycle. Like, I'm not going to be one. I saw enough that I was like, nah, I don't want this. You know, I don't, I don't want to live like this. So I made that commitment back then that I wouldn't turn out, you know, like my father. I still drank and dabbled here and there in high school, you know. But it was always in the back of my mind. Like, yeah. bro, you can't let that get a hold of you. You know, you're going home to your dad. You know what that's going to be like tonight. You can't let this thing get you. And you know, I was giving in the peer pressure here and there. Yeah. But I knew that wasn't the outcome that I wanted. So, like, I, I pretty much stayed away from, you know, the drugs and the alcohol myself, but being in the music business, man, it's all around me. I mean, that's it's, the yeah, environment. Socials, out. Yeah, yeah that, that's the thing. And But the thing was, I was not using drugs and I was not drinking, but I sure as heck was promoting it with my mouth. See, my mouth is the gift. God gives us all a gift, right? Mm-hmm. A talent, natural ability. And mine was speaking, right? Rapping, writing. These are my gifts. And um, the enemy knew I had a gift, too. So... The war is over your gift. The enemy's trying to get your gift and God is trying to use your gift. And at this point in time in my life, the enemy had full control of my gift. And I was the biggest promoter of drugs and alcohol with my mouth, man. I was the walking billboard advertising marketing strategy of the enemy, man. And I was good. I had number one song called Papa Peel. I didn't even do drugs. I didn't even do drugs. I had no more song. Probably I didn't even do drugs, and I hated that environment, man. But I would say anything, do anything to get on, to do mm-hmm. what you know, you know, to get to that validation. Yeah, to be relevant. And they told me, look, this you know, this is when drug rap really just kind of really, really got hot back in you know the, the early early two thousands. Like, look, you know, if you talk about pills and Molly and X, oh well, boy, they you know they own this. So like, I, I'm a writer, so I was like, that's easy, I could do that. So I just started, you know, tapping into that world. I could take you know word. Uh, photographs of environments and then get it captured in songs and poetry or whatever. So I grabbed that scene and grabbed that and I'm out there just on stage promoting this every single night. But I'm torn because inside I'm like, man, I don't want nothing to do with this. Mm. You know what I mean? I- I'm in environments, man, and doing this music every single night in, in environments where they all high, they all packing guns, they all drunk, they doing things that inside I know is wrong because my mom and dad raised me, right? Even though I had strayed, I knew this stuff was wrong. Yeah. But I was sacrificing... Um, you know, sacrificing the right for the glory, for the fame, for the accolades, for the voice, for the acknowledgement, you know what I'm saying? And, um, but eventually, I'd had enough because somewhere like around 2001, I came across Rich Dad Poor Dad. That was the turning point reading-wise. I read Robert, Rich Dad Robert Dad. Thought, Kiyosaki. Robert, that's right. I read that book and he talked about, um, you know, educating yourself. You know, the things that they don't teach us in high school, you know, about money, about life, about, you know, success and, and things like that. And and you need to self-educate, you just dive into study and, and the things, the personal development. So I began to take that on. I adopted that philosophy, and that was my philosophy from that on. was like, okay, you need to educate yourself, you need to read. So from like 2001 to the end of 2005, I read three hours every single day. I went to the bookstore every single day, and I would go to, the, go to the bookstore, and I'd grab three or four different types of books in different areas, like on philosophy, religion, uh, self-help, business, whatever. I'd have four or five books. I'd go in there, set my my clock on the phone, 20 minutes, boom, and I'd start reading this book, taking notes. When that was done, I'd bring the next book and do the same thing. I did this every single day, not knowing that I was prepping for what I'm doing now. Yep. I just enjoyed reading and feeding my mind. So around 2005, 2006, I got these. You know, there's number one record pop appeal, man. And there's this cognitive dissonance going on inside of me because I don't like drugs, I don't do drugs, and I don't want to be in this environment. Yeah. But I didn't write the last chapter of my music career. Because if I'd have wrote that chapter, I would have said, you know, I don't want to, you know, be in those environments. Like before you start music, let's say you say, okay, what kind of environment do I want to be performing my music in? What kind of lifestyle do I want to live? Do I want to be in the studio every day or do I want to be out doing live shows? Do I want to be at the hard rock or do I want to be at a little little coffee shop or I want to be in the thug environment? Whatever. Yeah. I didn't do that. It was just like, let me get on. Just whatever so I can get. Happ- right. And what happened was I was massively successful living in an environment that I had no appetite or palate for. You know, everyone around me a junkie. And I'm like, bro, I can't stand, stand that because I don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't want that around me like that. You know, but man, are they paying me good money to come over there and do a fifteen-minute show. They paying me grands and grands to come do it, and I would do it. But come around two thousand five, two thousand six, I was like, okay. In the daytime, I'm reading some of the most powerful books I've ever written, Marcus Aurelius, and, and things like this, right? Yeah. The Art of War and Machiavelli and all these kind of things, and, and Thinking Grow Rich. And then at nighttime, man, I'm saying this foolishness with my mouth. <laughs> ignorance, right? And I'm like, you can't keep saying this because it's like one thing when you're saying this stuff and you don't know no better and you don't have this stuff in you. Yep. But once you get that truth in you, you can't say that stuff no more. Because every time you say something foolishness and you got wisdom in you, it's like a big gong being hit. Gong, like, you know better than that. Something, you know yeah, I mean? sounds wrong. Yeah. Right. Once I started reading Solomon, I'm like, hey, how are you going to go out and say this foolishness? You know, no, you shut down yeah. with the king, you know what I mean? Like, And you talking like cousins, man. So like, it began to tear at me. So finally, at the very end of my career, I was like, no more of this, man. And I slowly started phasing out the cussing because I was you know, really bad cussing, gang thugs and all that. I started fading that out. I started changing the topics and conversations and theme on my music and switching kind of like, okay, Lord, um, show me who I am. Like, I had started reading the Bible around 2003, but I hadn't fully accepted him. Like, I'd be in the strip club saying Papa Peel, right, doing my song. But me and my 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 team before we go out there, we'd say a prayer before I went out and said I feel, right? Like this was my mindset. Yeah. I was a baby Christian. I was a baby Christian. So like God understood. I know He probably was like, yeah, now, I believe. Now was God. that you know was, I mean? that, like, was
0: that before the panic attacks started?
1: Yeah, yeah. This was this was uh, when I was doing music. This is four, five, You know, when I was in you know heavy in the shows and all that. The, the panic attacks um, didn't happen until my dad died. My dad died on December thirtieth, two thousand seven. So from after that, like from two thousand eight all the way on, bro, it was like what time? But up until you, this point, man, I was seeking myself and finding, you know, what God had, you know, called me to do.
0: No, and even so, even like we're talking about the beginning, like every day is a battle, right? A war over our mm-hmm. minds. It seems, right? it, it seems just so. Like you look at it now, and as you're growing, right? Because your mind is going to produce whatever you put in it, right? So you're putting the That's truth, right. you're That's putting right. that stuff. Like it has to, you have to get a harvest. It's like it's a law of nature, right? Right. Right. And so that truth is growing. You're becoming different. And it seems to me, it's just like, dang, like that one incident with, you know, such a tragic incident with your father passing away was almost like a way for, you know, the devil to come in and try to steal because he knew what you were about Mm -hmm. to be doing. Because I feel like it, it wouldn't have, you wouldn't have had those panic attacks if you weren't on the path that you were going because right, right, right. he wanted to steal that gift, like your, you know, your mouth, like he wanted to take you out mm-hmm. because he knew what was growing. Because for him, like the devil's, devil's he's not like omnipresent, but he's a smart dude, right? So mm-hmm. he's watching you read books, he's watching you put this stuff in you. He's like, right. it's a matter of time before Billy's not with us no more. He ain't gonna be promoting right. us no
1: more. exactly. We,
0: you know, this and the same, like, I go back to the way that you do, you know, anything is the way that you do everything. So the same way that you're winning and you, you know, you're blowing up over here, it's like, dang if Billy does that for the opposite team we don't want that we don't want Billy playing for the opposite team let's take him out
1: exactly you know it's kind of surreal when I was going through it man it was like this can't be happening like you know one day everything's fine next day it's like what happened you know what I mean and um I'm out throwing those blocks and these years are going by and I'm losing days and I'm just like man my life is slipping away and and God moved on me though in my spirit And he was, you know, because I kept saying, I need more faith because, you know, we hear panic is fear. So that means we don't have, you know, faith. And God moved on me. He's like, no, 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 you got plenty, plenty of faith. It's just pointed in the wrong direction because I had faith, but I had faith in what the enemy was telling me was going to happen. Like he was the enemy in my mind, the panic attack. My thing that I was struggling with was my health. Right. Mm -hmm. I seen my dad, my dad die. So the thing was, I'm going to die. So I was always trying to protect myself from the unexpected, like he died unexpected. So now I don't trust, even though I'm in peace and everything is good in my day, right? I don't trust because at any point in time I could die. Any yeah. point in time I could start breathing wrong and just like he did, I didn't trust him. So like I stayed on alert the whole time, right? With this belief, this faith that the enemy was gonna come. Cause the enemy's telling me this is gonna be your life. This is your ending. This is how you're gonna go and I got you, right? He's telling me this stuff. But God moved on me and was like, look, you got faith, man. Your faith is just in the enemy's um, message and what he's telling you. You know, if fear and panic and these things can destroy and rob and take away everything from your life, then the reverse must be true, right? We have polarity. If you've got a positive, you got a negative, right? Mm-hmm. So if fear can take away and destroy everything, then faith in the right direction must be able to construct and build and restore everything that's been told you know been taken so God had revealed that like look you've got faith you just need to reverse it and and be just as aggressive as you are with those panic attacks you need to be aggressive in faith for me and mm-hmm. if you get to that point I can use you and do things that other people can't do if you if you step into your calling with that aggression that you have with panic attacks but aggression in faith and boldness I will build through you so like I had this massive like understanding like ooh, you know i I get it now. Right. You know, I had to understand the negative way before I could ever understand the positive way. And that's why I'm so bold and aggressive now is because I had it then just in the wrong direction. You know what I mean? The enemy Mm. put that in me, but God turned that same energy around and said, okay, now use that for for building, you know, what I'm going to have you doing. And um, the boldness and aggression is the one thing I would say that really contributed to a lot of the success that I'm doing now. And he, he, is totally responsible for that, man, and you know it's something that I couldn't do
0: on my own, man. No, so you from you know for me in my life, because I mean it's a daily for me. It's always a daily battle, right? I put out a video uh, today. I just started doing some TikTok stuff, talking about motivation because my motivation. Some days I'm on top of the world. Some days mm-hmm. I don't feel like feel like doing anything, right? But I take that mm-hmm. consistent action every day. And you know when I put because I've got I've got a list of things I say to myself five times a day, and one mm-hmm. of them, you know I'm a champion. I'm a king, right? Right. And so when I'm not, when I'm not feeling like it, and I walk into a situation, maybe I'm walking into a uh, a presentation, I'm just like, I'm like, oh man, I'm tired. My, I only slept three hours because my son got me up all night. It's like, no, no, no. You, you told me you're a king, you're a champion. How does a, right. how does a king and a champion walk? And right. so for me, it's like, all right, I got to put my body up because it's like, I, I still am not going to feel like it. But the, the outcome that I get is the same, whether I felt like it or not. Like you hop on that treadmill, whether you feel like it for that 45 minutes, you're gonna get the same outcome. So for mm-hmm. me, it's like, all right, if I am a champion, I'm a king, I'm gonna go ahead and walk like it. I'm gonna hold my head up like it, whether I feel like it or not. And usually those feelings come after. So I, right. how was it with you in your life? Like, you know, you, you came out of that, but even like on the daily, it's like, all right, how, you know, do you have to keep talking to yourself? Like who's your Billy Brooks in your life that keeps you motivated?
1: Well. The one thing that, that made the biggest impact was the shift that I learned. There's there's difference between like being a prof, you know in a profession, than it being an identity. Cause like you said, okay, like okay, I put on the rapper. That was my profession. My identity is I'm a champion, bro. No mm. matter what happened to me in life, bro, like I'm I'm finna grind. I'm finna overcome this thing. I'm finna trust in God. That's my identity, yep. right? Like you said, the king and you. So like the days you don't feel like, it, hey, what's I gotta do with it, right? Like, no, that's why yeah. I say to myself. Feelings ain't got nothing to do with it. I'm a king, bro. I'm a, I'm a champion. Yes, I don't feel like it, but that's why I'm a champion because I can push through on those days that I don't feel like. The, the common peasant is going to lay down on those days that they don't feel like. Mm-hmm. A king is going to be like, bro, I'm a king every single day. I can't take the crown off. I can't take the robe off because that's who I am. Exactly. See, it, it's different when, when you adopt an identity as opposed to you know the profession and get out of that kind of thinking back to who I am. Like, who am I? Like, what do I stand for? What are my core values? What I believe in? What do I want to be known for? What words do I want um, to be used to describe me. And when you move into this realm, then it's it, you're you're strong and rooted in power, man. And you can get up every single day, even when you don't feel like it. Yeah. And you can still have the best days and still perform at you know peak and high performance levels, man. It, it, so it's understanding your identity first. And most people don't understand their identity. When I was going through that seven year struggle, I had lost my identity because I couldn't rap. I couldn't do anything. I literally spun. Um, at one point in time, I spent two weeks in my bedroom without ever coming out because mm-hmm. I was scared. If I come out the bedroom, I was gonna have a panic attack, which I did. So the only thing I control was where I had the panic attacks. So the enemy went from, you know, just totally taking over my life. I went from being on stage with a mic in my hand in front of twenty thousand people to being in my bedroom for two weeks at a time, scared to come out because of a shadow. Something that didn't even happen. Like just my mind would be like, if I go out there, I'm gonna die. If I go out there, I'm gonna have a heart attack. If I go out there, I'm gonna panic. I'm gonna go to the hospital or whatever. So like, I, I it just the whole walls of my life closed in on me, man. You know, and that's what the enemy tries to do. And I had forgot who I was right I forgot no man this ain't who you are growing up you was a martial artist bro you took every no matter how big somebody was how tall they was bro, you took them on head on because that's who you are that's you it. know that's your identity bro you grew up the first cassette tape you ever owned Billy was rocky your 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 parents got you rocky 1 rocky 2 rocky 3 cuz you you gravitated to that because Rocky was you you the fighter you the champion maybe you're not the most talented maybe you not the, you don't have the biggest size maybe you don't have the best ability but bro on the inside there's a heart in there that refuses to die, that refuses to lose, that refuses to quit. And in that seven year cycle, I forgot that. I forgot that identity. You, you know, got a, you and, got a new one now. Yeah, exactly. But I had to awaken to that. Mm-hmm. See, like, God brought me back to, like, bro, don't forget who you are. You're wonderful, you know, fearfully and wonderfully made. Don't yeah. forget, I'm with you. you. Once you accept Christ, bro, you know, you got this power in you that cannot be stopped, cannot be denied, cannot be. Uh, suppressed, cannot be contained, and we don't understand the, the power that we're functioning in. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, bro. Mm. Like, and when you really, really understand that and don't just say it from the mind or from the mouth, but really understand the depth of that, bro, you don't fear anymore. You know, bold is the one who understands the power of their God, yeah. You know, like with this virus, bro, I ain't bowing down to that virus because I know the God is in me, yep. You know what I'm saying? Some people call that foolishness on the outside of the world but They don't understand the power of God. I get it, they don't understand the power of God. But once you do, you won't fear no virus, bro. The virus nothing. don't want none of this. The virus, yeah. I'm telling you, when God, when you understand that God is in you, greater is he that is in me, the heat is in the world, can a virus get God sick? Hmm. No, yeah, but you got to understand that. And that's what he talks about like, my people perish for a lack of knowledge, understanding who they are. You know, nope. self awareness is the key, man. If you don't understand, who you are in Christ, who your maker is, and the power that's on the inside of you—you always be playing with limitations. But once you awaken to that person that's on the inside and the power that God planted in you, man, then you're ready to seize and conquer the world. So, like the first thing we got to do is wake up to that identity. Like you're talking about, once man, you won't be scared to take a risk in business because you be like, man, even when I fail, I win.
0: Exactly. Dude. Yeah, even like, when I
1: fail, God opens ten other doors to make up for that. Exactly,
0: you know and it's all—it's gonna work out no matter what, whether I feel right. like it. And so going back to like identity, because you go back to your story, right? You chose that identity. You said, I see my father, you know, struggle with alcoholism, Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna do that, right? So you chose that identity. So how can can people choose their identity? Because you chose that and it followed you. It followed you because you didn't, you know, you didn't have the same struggle with it maybe that a lot of people did because you chose that identity. What do people need to do to be able to
1: develop a new identity? It starts with questions, man. Questions will take you wherever you want to go. You just got to ask yourself the right question. So I say first, like, who do I want to be? What environment do I want to live in every single day? See, that was these questions I didn't ask when I was doing music. See, and had I just asked those right questions, my music career would have been totally different. You know what I'm saying? So like every single day you say, what sets me on fire? Like what? I mean, like if money's out of the equation, right? And it has nothing to do with it. What sets me on fire? What do I want to do from the moment I get up to the moment I go to bed? What would I hate going to sleep? You know, what What would I be doing that I hated to go to sleep, that I had to stop doing it and go to bed? And yeah. that's like, what I'm doing right now, man, I love this, bro, I have the hardest time at night, because I record at night, I have the hardest time going to sleep. It'd be seven, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, cause bro, i be on this high, doing yep. the thing God called me to do, cause, and I tell people this, there's no, there's no high, there's no drug, there's no sex comparable to being in the center of your calling. And when you get in there, it's just like, oh, and it's never ending. It's not like a drug where you get high 10 minutes and it comes down. Man, I get on my calling. I get in writing. I get into speaking on that mic. And man, that energy just flows. And the high just comes over me, man. And, and you just want to stay in that thing. And that's the thing you got to find. Whatever it is um, that you've been called to do, when you do it, you're going to feel this way. So you got to ask these questions, like, who do I want to be? What is the core makeup of me? You know, what are my core values, my top five core values? You know, what I stand for? Because a person that don't stand for something will fall for anything. You got to feel like, 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 I don't, I don't. Um, mess around in shady deals. I don't cross people. I don't want that kind of reputation bro, where, you know, if you say my name, people are kind of like, mm, Ooh, yeah. I don't want that. I want them to say, bro, his name is gold. If he tell you he going to do it, bro, rest assured, you're good. Like, good. You got to yeah. understand who you want to be and, and what it is that, you know, you're made for. And, um, The thing that turned the point for me, when I started doing this, this motivation, I didn't understand the gravity of what God was doing. I didn't get in and be like, okay, I'm going to make a career out of this. You know, I wrote um, blessed and unstoppable in 2016. And I knew I had something that, you know, in me that was greater than what I was doing. I had my own business, just being an entrepreneur. Even when I got out of music, I had uh, cell phone stores all over town, you know, urban uh, hats and shirts, and yep. like uh, CD stores and all that stuff. My, my old life, I was still functioning in, but I knew it was time to change. I knew it was time to, you know, move on, but I didn't know who that person was. Like I didn't know, okay, God, you, you brought me out of it. You brought me out of the darkness. I've written a book now. You put this stuff in me. What I do now? So um, I ended up, the last day I wrote that, the last page of that book, I said, that when I finish this book, I'm going to sell these businesses and I'm going to get on to doing what sets me on fire. I don't know what that is, but I'm going to trust God that he's going to show me. So I sold the businesses um, in, in November 2016, not knowing where I was going to land. And this was the first, because up until this point in my life, I always had to know I was jumping to a lily pad before I would move. Like, mm-hmm. I always had to know what was ahead What's before next? I was yep. able to move. And, like, I wouldn't close this business until I had another one up and running. Like, I wouldn't just step out in faith. But, you know, I had to have everything lined up. I had to know the answers and all that before I moved. Yep. This time, I was like, you know what? I trust you. I don't understand anything, but I'm going to trust you. I'm going to step out in faith. I shut the minutes down. I had the book. And I just had the book sitting there um, for two to three months. And I was like, I got to sell this book, but I don't know, what I'm, you know how I'm going to do it or whatever. Um, and something came to me. It's like, remember when you, when you had those panic attacks and you used to walk around the block? In certain days, you'd be wearing your headphones and you put on motivation to get through the day. And I'd be like, yeah, I remember that. And then I started thinking about I was like, man, I remember back then when I was on the block and listening to motivation. I was like, I could do that. Because I come from that world. I know how to record. I know music. I, I, I know personal development because I've been reading it for 10, 15 years now. Right, because that's all yeah. I've been going, all I've been doing, trying to get over the sickness. I've been reading and studying the mind and, and and all this kind of stuff. I was like, I had the ability, I had the mouthpiece, but what would I sound like doing it on the mic? Like I, I didn't know that part, but I knew it resonated, like something in me resonated. So, I think it was January, the end of January that that uh 2017, I made my first little message. I did like a one minute. I wanted to test it out as a producer. I was like, I need to hear my tone of my voice and the way I talk and to see if it's gonna work or not. Yep. Right? So I put on like Drake energy beat, the, the energy, right?
0: Yeah, I know what you're talking
1: about. And, and I only had, only had one minute because back this was before I was even on YouTube. You know? Instagram only let you put 60 second uh, video clip on. Oh yeah, back so before I like, IGTV, Yeah, yep. Right, right, so I'm like, okay, let's try it out. So I just put it on in the studio, um, just started kind of freestyling about faith over the top of it. Just like, I just wanted to hear my tone, Talking and not rapping, but talking, like preaching and teaching and, and doing motivational speaking. So I listened to it and I was like, "It'll work." Like I was like, "It was okay," you know what, it's what not mean? Bad. Like I mean? Yeah, yeah. I was like, "No, I, I could hear as a producer because I produced for years with multi gold, platinum, max, man, everybody." So like I I knew the tone was right. I was like, "Okay, that'll work," but you're gonna have to perfect it. You're gonna have to mold and shape and develop and all that, it'll work. But I wasn't thinking like, man, you finna go around the globe and speak and all that. I was just like, I was just gonna put a few videos out. I wasn't looking at it like a career. You know, I wasn't looking like I'm a motivational speaker. I, none of that, because if you told me like, I'm gonna have to get up and speak of, in front of a bunch of people, I'd have been like, you crazy. Cause I'm not yeah. gonna do that now. Now I, I didn't mind doing it with rap because I had, you know, dancers behind me, hype me, you know, the lights and music and, you know, you could kind of hide the environment. It. Yeah, you you know, you know what I mean? But to stand up there, no music, no nothing to be on the stage and just speaking to, to, to people and they're all looking at you for 30 minutes, an hour at a time. I was like, nah, I don't, I, that don't interest me. Easy, like, I, yeah. went to mini- I went to ministry school not to be a minister. I went to ministry school to learn more about the word so that I could get my healing. Because I'd been in a regular church and sitting there week after week after week and I didn't see any progress in my healing. But I knew God's word was true. Right? I'm like, God's word is true. So it's not his problem. It's my problem or mm-hmm. the teacher's problem and my understanding of the word's problem. So I was like, if I go to ministry school, maybe I'll get a deeper level of understanding and I can find what God is trying to do through me, and heal me, right? So it wasn't to go when I went to ministry school, like, oh, you're going to go out and preach. Yeah, but no, you say, same way went, for me, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Well, I was like, bro, well, it was just like self survival. Like, I'm just trying to breathe today. Like, I just want to be able to make it through the day, one day without having to go to the hospital. Let me just yeah. have one peaceful day. Let me find that day. But um, later on, this would come back to play because, you know, that's part of the foundation of what I do today. But 2017, I did that first video and about four or five videos in, six videos in, I'm starting to really enjoy this thing. And but the thing is, in my life now, I still haven't replaced my income from selling the businesses or anything like that. And Nothing in my life on the outside reflects the champion on the inside of me and all the knowledge, the Robert Kiyosaki books and the Think and Grow Rich, nothing on the outside looks like that, right? It looks like I hadn't read none of these books yep. and I couldn't understand the 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 disconnect. I'm like, man, you 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 above this. Like, why are you struggling like this? You know money, you know finance, you know entrepreneurism. Like, what's the problem? Why is it not clicking? And um, I remember having this, you know, kind of heated argument. The enemy uh, can get, any, get in anybody's mouth around you. Right? Oh, yeah. If they can't get into you. They get yes, somebody else. Right. You know. and he, even people you love, man, they don't mean to, but the enemy can get in there. So I had this little uh, heated, heated argument verbal with with the wife man about finances because at this point in time I didn't have a check. This like five months now after I, you know, sold my businesses and things weren't looking right, and the enemy was getting in because he knew my destiny. I was so close now. I'm at the mic. I didn't overcame all the panic. I'm at the gate now. Yep. the mic is right there. He knows, and I don't know that. See, I didn't know how close I was, but he knew it. So he getting in there and, he, you know, he's saying things to her to, you know, try to get me to, to, to lay down. Because I got to this crossroad and I'm like, on the left is a paycheck, a nine to five, normal life, you know, average living, mm-hmm. uh, you know, have a vacation once a, a year, you know have somebody tell you what to do every single day and not be in your call and not feel alive, live a life with limitations, basically. Yep. And on the right side is the promises of God. You were meant for more. Press down, shaking together. One side is safe. Yeah, right. And So I'm at this crossroads, like, which one are you going to do? Thank God, you know, has put this fire in you that you know you're above this, you know that you're meant for more, or you're going to buy into that, you know, why don't you get a nine to five like everyone else? Why don't you get a paycheck like everyone else? The enemy was speaking through, through her to say that. And I remember getting in that heated argument, and I went into my studio that night, and I was so angry because my life was not reflecting who my identity. It was not reflecting my identity, and I was just about to cave, man. I, I knew I was like at this turning point. Like, man, you know, you, you better get it here or you are yeah. gonna lose it, right? I was at that crossroad in my life, but I'd always chose the right um road up until that point in my life. I always dreamed big, and I was at that point where I was starting to go dream small and get back to reality, right? Like. I was at that crossroad, and I remember turning on the mic. There was uh instrumental piece, that had the piano playing, and I was so angry, and I remember like, I got to remind myself who I am, and I got on the mic, and I just thought, I said, I was born a champion, raised a champion. I got champion in my bloodline, and, and I went through everything that was in me. The war, if you listen to that video, Inside the Mind of a Champion, that I do, you'll hear like, Me talking to myself back and forth. I call it the inner symphony because the the devil's saying, Why don't you get a job like everyone else? You know, because I'm the head and not the tail, above, not below. I'd be talking back to myself. You know what I mean? You really believe all that stuff you're saying? You know what I mean? Like, you're going to be saying all this stuff to me and I'm talking back. And if you hear that, if you hear that piece that I do, that was exactly what was going on in my mind. All I did was just take it out and articulate exactly what was going on in my mind. And the craziest thing happened because at this point in time, when I did that video, I had like 200 followers on YouTube, and most of that was my fam, yeah. <laughs> the family. Nobody church listened. people, no, yeah, no, but not even that. Like I, people in my church did nothing. I'm talking yeah, about can't like them, just really. like yeah, they just accidentally subscribed. They didn't even know what they <laughs> were subscribing to, right? Because I didn't even know who I was. I didn't even know what I was. Like I couldn't articulate what the channel was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I had like 200 people, man, and and I put that video out. The crazy thing happened, man, because you know God says death and life and the power of the tongue. And those are love should eat the fruits thereof. And I was speaking for once. I was speaking who I really was on the inside. And my mouth and my feet and, my, and, and the inside were all in alignment now, right? The champion in me was me yep. speaking like a champion. I transitioned from a peasant to a king with my mouth. Boom, and started speaking. And the craziest thing, when I sent that thing out through the airways, man, um, some big motivational channels got a hold of it. It went viral, millions of plays. My book started selling, man. I, the book been sold in 27 countries now, man. That's
0: incredible. And the followers
1: man. started come, and then the mirror was held up. It's like God held the mirror up. Look at yourself. This is who you are. You, you, you haven't seen yourself. It's like mm. we, we walk around all day and looked in the mirror, and then God brought the mirror over and said, "Look, this is who you are. This is who I made you to be. Look at yourself in this mirror. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget what your face looks like because you know this is who I made you to be. Now act like it." You know, and, and by, that, by that message, man, it changed everything in my life. It's something on that trajectory, you know, that I'm on today. But I had to traverse the dark because so many times where I could have laid down, so many times things weren't happening, so many times it was a struggle, I could have took that easy route, you know. But yep. I just kept listening to that symphony on the inside of greatness, bro. You meant for more. God, you know, greatness is in you. Greatness made you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Greatness made you, therefore greatness is in you, bro. Don't bow you down can't Yeah, you can't
0: thing. be. I mean, if if greatness did make you, make you, you can't be anything else. And if it, and if you feel that anything else, it's a lie. You know, it, what you're right. talking about that reminds me of that uh, a that picture that goes around where it's like a, a little like lion cub looking in the water and he sees. A, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, the lion. He a big old
0: lion. You know what I mean? Like cause right. that's that's really how it is, dude.
1: That's right. It's all about how you see yourself, man. And you know, for seven years, I felt guilty and defeated and beaten. Um, I had a lot of guilt. Um, because my dad, the way he died, um, me and a nurse had moved him out of the bed to a wheelchair because the doctor suggested we do this. And when we moved him, that's what dislodged the clock that was in his leg, man. And 10 minutes later, he died. So I blamed myself, bro. I was like, Man, you know, you killed your daddy. And like, who are you to think anything good should happen to you? And like, I was beating myself up, yeah. the Enemy, the, you know, enemy doing that instead of saying, No, bro, you took a loss, you know, you, you know. You took a pain, you took a loss, Um, the times was dark, but it has not changed who you are, nor has that crown that's on top of your head, the king that God made you to be changed. It's not been removed, you know what I'm saying? But I couldn't see that, I couldn't see that. In seven years and the devil wants to do everything in the world to block you from seeing who you truly are. Because if you ever realize who you are, he's done.
0: That's true. You know, it's all all about listening to one of your videos. Because it really is all about the mind, man. So about a, a week ago, I had a dream. And in my dream, I'm sitting at a table and I'm eating all the best foods out there, right? In that dream, I could taste everything just like I did I could in real life. Like I could actually taste the food. And so for me, that was just a representation of how much, how much more real the mind is than even, even what we've got going around us. You know what I mean? That I could actually taste that food. Right. So it's like, dang, all those other things just have to be receptors. Like, what am I, what am I receiving?
1: Right. It's all the way you process it because the outside really has no, no value, no um, sensation, no flavor, no nothing. It has to come through your mind and your mind programs, what that should feel like, taste like, smell like, be like, whatever it is, the way you frame it, then that's what it is. You know, some people might think something is bitter and another person might think it's sweet. So it's all like how you frame it you know and your mind has the ability to frame any situation um destructively or constructively right and when i was going through the struggle i was framing everything in a deconstructive way a destructive way that was destroying my life the moment i switched that around and started framing it like bro that thing made me that thing is gonna you know pro- i'm a product of struggle man yeah. and because of that now i'm ready like when i go out now i don't fear nothing when they say you know you're scared to get on stage and speak to you know thousands of people not nah, no man i scared uh, death down every single day. You think I'm scared to get on the stage, bro? Like hey, I've been no. in it. I said my words, my last words 30 times. So you think I'm scared to get up there and say light that God still moves? No, man, I, like this is what I'm designed for. Put me in coach, you know what nah, I
0: mean? Put me in coach, I'm ready. Put
1: me in coach, I'm ready.
0: <laughs> no, dude, I, I love it, man. Well, I want to be respectful of your time because I know it's coming up on an hour and I know your phone's probably blowing up. Man, I, I think that we got more in us, you know, maybe in the future for another interview. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So I, I think it's incredible. Where can people, what's the best way that people can find
1: you? As far as me, man, it's at Billy Allsbrooks, B-I-L-L-Y-A-L-S-B-R-O-O-K-S. All my my social media accounts are at Billy Allsbrooks. If you go to YouTube, it's the same thing, youtube.com backslash Billy Allsbrooks. I got 190 plus videos on there, audio messages. They're all free. You can put them on if you're going through the struggle. And it'll help you get up out of that struggle. It'll help you um, you know, find that thing on the inside of you and climb up out of it, man. Just just uh make sure you go to the YouTube channel and subscribe. I guarantee you that it'll make a difference in you.
0: It's gonna it'll change your life. I mean, there's no there's no way about it. If you know people get on there and start, you know, hitting those videos, you can't, I mean, you can't not change. That's I mean, that's all there is to it.
1: If you want to go deep and study, um, get my book. I got a real uh simplistic blueprint that anybody can follow and create, almost instant change in their life. It's broken down into daily uh, steps, 31 days. It takes you about 10 minutes a day. It's very, very simplistic and very written in a way that anybody can understand it. You don't have to be some Harvard grad to understand the book, but you can take that material. It's proven, time-tested stuff rooted in the word of God. You can take that stuff and move and and change your life with the steps that I lay out in that book. Um, get the book if you hadn't already. It's blessedandunstoppable.com. You can get it right there, and um, I, it'll definitely, definitely change your life.
0: Yeah, no, I do. I bought the book. It's, I mean, it's it's incredible. Take it through the day, and you get these uh, for the screen right there. So there you even, go. There even you even go. Blessed and, really and unstoppable. Blessed and unstoppable. So it's a right. it's a it's a movement. Really, I appreciate your time, my man.
1: I appreciate you having me on, man. Let's do this again, bro.